I mention this a lot on the show, but given what we're going through right now, I think it's more important than ever to just say it over and over and over again. What is asked of you, O mortal, but that you do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God? That is what the Lord said to Malachi. And here we are, thousands of years later, and we still can't get that right. So let's talk about it on today's episode of Wisdom's Cry. He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate. Does that wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Hello, everyone. My name is Charlie, and the world's on fire, isn't it? At least it feels that way. And I am very happy to see that at least some people who claim to be voices of Christianity and religion are starting to speak out. And I'm not talking about the more mainstream places. It was heartening to see the Catholic Church and the Episcopal Church make statements in favor of justice. But I'm talking about that old problem of the evangelical televangelist, who, as we all know, once they sold themselves out to the prosperity gospel, have cared more about money and power than they have about the gospel. Even a few of them have actually spoken out. Because here we are in a world where we're literally watching video of people being murdered, watching video of people being beaten and harassed by police riots, not protester riots, but by police riots. And we can't get a unified voice of the church against that. So as I often do, I go back to the simple things, because I think faith is often made overly complex by people who want you to believe that you need them to explain it to you. You don't. If you're approaching this from a Judeo-Christian perspective, it's very simple. God says to Malachi, What is expected of you, O mortal, but that you do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God? That's it. That's it. That's what's expected of us. Everything else is commentary. Everything else is just thoughts about how that might be achieved. As Rabbi Hillel, Jesus Christ, Confucius, and so many others said, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, or don't do to others as you would not have them do unto you. You know that famous story about Rabbi Hillel? He went down to a well to get some water, and a Roman soldier decided to mock him and said, Rabbi, 
if you will t tell <laughs> recite for me all of the Torah while standing on one foot, I will convert. And Rabbi Hillel stood on one foot and said, That which you find hateful, do not do it to others. The rest is commentary. Go and study. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that, that, that's literally all there is to it. And the fact that we can't get people to understand that is problematic. It's hurtful. And it's harmful. You see, I, I don't want to get into the statistics, though I can. But there's so much crime in the black community. Well, you see, that's a feedback loop. We started doing these things where we would start looking at where there was crime, and wherever we found crime, we would uh, send more police officers. So, well, it was automatically assumed at the beginning of the experiments that there would be more crime in the black community. So we sent police officers there and, oh, look, they found it. And so we sent more police officers and, oh, look, they found it. And then we criminalized things more harshly because, you know, people of color do them. And then, oh, look, even worse crimes are happening in black communities than in white communities because we've defined things that people of color do as criminally worse than things that white people do. So, oh, we need to send more police in. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is a perpetual loop that will continue to build and build and build. And in that building, we removed help. We stopped listening to Jesus who told us that our job in this world is to bring sight to the blind, to bring healing to the sick, to comfort the afflicted. See, I, I've never quite understood why it's so vogue to listen to Paul over Jesus or to listen to any other preacher over Jesus. Jesus was quite clear about what we are here to do. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said that at the end, when everything's weighed, he will divide people to his left and to his right, and he will say to them that those on his left, when I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was thirsty, you did not give me drink. When I was sick, you did not help me. When I was afflicted, you did not comfort me. When I was in prison, you did not visit me. And they will say to me, when, Lord, did we see you this way? And I will say, whatever you did to the least of these, you've done unto me. You know, I have seen people trying to wiggle out of that in so many wonderful ways. My, my personal favorite is one of the only times that you'll ever hear anybody, especially on the more conservative side of religion, actually admit that Jesus was Jewish say that he was referring exclusively about the Jews, and this is about how we politically treat the nation of Israel as if a country is the same as its people, which it's not. It's not. You know, it's so ridiculous. We are here to be good to one another. Jesus said that there are only two laws, to love our God with all of our heart, minds, and spirit, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And 
I feel like I'm starting to sound like a broken record, which is why probably next week we're going to get back on track with the six principles of creation spirituality. But with everything going on right now, seriously, how are we not seeing this? People are being murdered by the police in this country. And disproportionately, they're people of color. And that's not seen as a problem. Look, it's a problem that the police are murdering people. Because we claim to love law and order. And to hear people that are all about, I'm a law and order, this, that, or the other. Not understanding that, okay, be for law and order. But law and order means that we have to follow the law and have order. We can't have the police extrajudicially murdering people. We can't have the police taking the law into their own hands. This isn't Judge Dredd or Robocop. We're not living in a Dirty Harry film or a, a Death Wish or something. We're living in the real world where we're supposed to have respect for the rule of law. The rule of law is not respecting police officers, it's respecting the law. When the police don't respect the law, then they are criminals. It's that simple. It, I mean, it's, it, it could not be clearer. It is our duty, our responsibility, as people of faith, to listen to the words of Malachi. We must do justice. Do justice. Love kindness and walk humbly with our God. Justice is not being served in this country. The rich are allowed to hoard their wealth and to harm the people who work for them. The rich are able to buy politicians. The rich are able to run over everything and get away with it. And we wave our hands and say it's okay. No, we are a nation of law and order. We say that with pride, but we don't mean it because we don't take the necessary actions. A CIA officer or ambassador or whatever she's claiming to be now killed a boy drunk driving in England. And we're protecting her. We're protecting her. She murdered a child because of her negligence. And we're protecting her. That's not how a just society acts. Please join me in reciting the Magnificat, the Canticle of Mary, the Ode of the Theotokos, the prayer that Mary said after she went to visit her cousin after finding out that she had conceived and would give birth to the Savior. Mm -hmm. My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty has magnified me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has showed strength with his arm and has scattered the proud in their imaginations of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and has exalted the humble and the meek.
He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He remembers his mercy that he promised to his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, in the world without end. Amen. Don't you see something powerful in that? See, God is on the side of the lowly. God is on the side of the humble and the meek. God is on the side of the hungry. God is on the side of those who have not. Because those who have have already received their reward. You see, our God the God of the Judeo-Christian scriptures, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jesus Christ, Abba, Father, Jah, Jehovah, Elohim, whatever you wish to call the Holy One. This God is a God of the downtrodden. This is a God who went to the slaves of Egypt and brought them out of bondage. This is a God who cares about the least of us. Worry not about what the things that you have, whether you shall be hungry or not. Consider the sparrow. Right? Right? I mean, have you, have you, has, have any of these people ever actually read the scriptures? Have any of these people ever actually read the words of Christ? We are here to give hope and strength and support to those who have nothing. You know, in the law of Moses, it was a crime to harvest everything out of your field. It was. You were supposed to leave a portion behind so that those who couldn't afford food could go and pick it after you were gone. That, that's the law. It was called gleaning, the law of gleaning. We were supposed to make sure that there was food for the hungry. We were supposed to sacrifice of what we have to make sure that there was food for the hungry. Yeah. You see, we are supposed to take care of the stranger in our gates. We are supposed to take care of the widow and the orphan, the sick and the infirm. We are supposed to take care of those less fortunate than us. We're not here to worship the mighty, or the proud, or the rich. That's not the way of Christ. That's not the way of the God of the Bible. And we have fallen so far in this country that we have the audacity in so many circles to call the, ourselves by the name of Christian, and yet to look at the suffering of the black community to look at the suffering of any community in this country and to be like, well, I mean, the powerful have the right to be powerful. No. Suffering is here and will always be with us, as Jesus said. But it is our job as the hands and body of Christ to heal that suffering, to do whatever we can to make it better, not to turn a blind eye, not to pretend that it isn't happening, 
not to just go, oh, well, I guess they got what they deserve because God didn't love them. Wealth has nothing to do with whether or not God loves you. For goodness sakes, anybody who believes that, read the book of Ecclesiastes. Good things happen to everyone. Bad things happen to everyone. Every, all is vanity as if chasing after the wind. All is emptiness. To ascribe meaning to things like that is not to understand the way the world works. Chavel chavalim, all is emptiness. Emptiness of emptiness. Chavel chavalim. Now, we're not here to support and puff up the rich and the mighty and the powerful. We are here, like the God before us, to put down the mighty from their seats and to exalt the humble and the meek. We are here to fill the hungry with good things and to send the rich away empty. We are here to do the work of justice. What is expected of you, O mortal, but that you love kindness, do justice and walk humbly before your God. This is what's asked of us. This is why we are here. If you want a purpose to your life, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God. There it is. That's the purpose-driven life. That's what we're here to do. That's our purpose in being. We are here to reconcile the world. We are here on a ministry of reconciliation. We cannot turn a blind eye to the suffering of others and we cannot turn a blind eye to murder in our streets, to the puffery of our leaders who think themselves so entitled and self-important. And I don't care what party they're in, because you can see it everywhere, where they think that they are the masters and we are the servants. We serve no one but God. And even then, God tells us to think of ourselves as friends not servants, not slaves. So, in effect, we have no masters. We are here to cast down the thrones of the mighty. We have no one to follow but God. That still, small voice inside that tells us to do justice. That still, small voice that is the echo of love because, as I keep saying, because I want people to get it through their skulls, God is love. Whoever knows love knows God, and whoever does not know love does not know God. This is the gospel that we were called to proclaim. This is the message of Jesus and the apostles. Everything else is commentary. Everything else is theorizing and thoughts ideas, folly, all that matters, all that matters is that we do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before our God. That's it. That's what we are here to do. That's what we are called to do. That is our purpose. And for anyone, anyone who feels that they are superior to another, woe, be, be careful for the mighty will be cast down from their thrones. The rich will be sent away empty. The proud will come to the fall. No one is better than anyone else. No one is higher than anyone else. 
we are all here to raise each other up together in unity. For in Christ Jesus, there is no slave, there is no free, there is no Jew, there is no Greek. All are one. There is no male, there is no female. They're all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one people, one body. And together, if we were to work justice, the world would be a better place and the kingdom would be here on earth. Thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of that. If you did, it really... I mean, this is my heart. <laughs> this is my heart, and my heart is breaking right now. Like I said, we I, I had a series planned out, and I do I will get back to it unless something major happens in the next week. We will be going back to the six principles of creation spirituality. But for now, I I cannot be silent about this. None of us can be silent about this. Silence is acceptance. And I refuse to accept the murder of unarmed black people in our country. Let's end as we do every week with prayer. Oh, most holy one, in the name of Jesus Christ, and through the intercession of Mary, our blessed mother, and Francis, our seraphic father, we ask your healing to rain down upon us. We ask that you forgive our nation of its many sins for propping up the rich, for propping up those with, with filled with pride and boasting. We ask that you will help us, Holy Father, to have our eyes open so that we may see, and our ears open that we may hear, that we may work justice, peace, and love into this world. You have taught us the way, and it is for us to follow. In the sweet and precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.